Hi, folks. We're finally up to verse 7 of Hebrews chapter 1. I'm going to read it in the New International Version. In speaking of the angels, he says, He makes his angels spirits and his servants flames of fire. Now, I'd like to ask you a question. How can we explain this first to someone? How can we expound it or dig the meaning out of it? I don't think that is necessarily an easy thing to do. And the way to do that, to me anyway, is not obvious. But based on our last session together, I think there is a way to do it. And it's a way that we can also apply to certain other verses and passages in the Bible that may not be clear. In Hebrews 1.6, which we studied last time, we saw that the phrase, let all God's angels worship him, came from Psalm 97.7 in the Septuagint, and we were able to understand what Hebrews 1.6 was talking about by looking at the message of Psalm 97 as a whole. And doing that opened our understanding to let us see that Hebrews 1.6 was actually telling us about the second coming of Christ. I think that the author of Hebrews expected us to see that and to get this additional understanding from Psalm 97.7 in the Septuagint. This method, if we can call it that, was used by Jesus, Yeshua, in responding to the Jewish leaders when they said certain things to him. Let's look at an example of that. Let's look at Matthew chapter 21, verse 16 in the NIV. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants, Lord, have called forth your praise. Now, let's look at that verse in context. Beginning with Matthew chapter 21, verse 13, and going through 16. It is written, he said to them, Jesus said, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did, and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying, they asked him? Yes, replied Jesus, have you never read from the lips of children and infants, you, Lord, 
have called forth your praise. Now, folks, the chief priests and the teachers of the law were indignant when they saw the wonderful things that Yeshua did and when the children cried out, Hosanna to the son of David. These children were praising Jesus and calling him the Messiah. They recognized who he was, and they exclaimed it. Unlike these Jewish leaders, I'm going to quote Yeshua's response from the King James Version. Somehow it seems to me to be even more powerful. Yea, have ye never read, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? Jesus was saying this to these leaders. He was saying this, You've seen what I've done, but you deny that I'm the Messiah. Even these children know who I am. And haven't you read what the Tehillim, the Psalms, say about me? Yeshua, Jesus, was quoting Psalm 8, verse 2. Let's look at that in context. Let's look at Psalm 8, verses 1 to 9. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Folks, this method of quoting a verse which hinted at a passage of scripture that would provide additional understanding was sometimes used by rabbis with their students, and it was given a name, Remes. The transliteration is R-E-M-E-Z, Remes, meaning hint. Can you imagine how those Jewish leaders who knew about Remez might have reacted? They would know that Jesus is telling them very clearly and loudly through Psalm 8 that he is Lord. Now, the author of Hebrews is doing something similar, 
but without the rebuke to his readers that Jesus intended for the Jewish leaders. Look at the psalm that is referenced. Is this an example of Remez? Does Hebrews 1.6, which we studied last time, contain an example of Remez? Psalm 97.7, regarding the second coming. I believe that it does. And does Hebrews 1.7, our verse for today, contain an example of Remez? I hope to show you shortly that the answer is yes. Now, Jesus used Remez to convict the Pharisees of the truth about him the Pharisees and the high priests and other religious leaders. Jesus invented Remez, but if the author of Hebrews used it, why did he use it in particular instances? What was the purpose? It may have been a way for the ancient Jewish readers and also for us today to learn that the Bible is a commentary on itself. In fact, it's the best commentary on itself. Why is that? Because the Bible never contradicts itself and because the Bible is complete. It contains everything that God wants us to know about him and his son and his Holy Spirit. This knowledge is most useful. And the New King James Version makes it easy to do this. Let's read Hebrews 1.7 again, this time in the New King James Version. And of the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. Now, because the phrase, who makes his angels spirits, and his minister is a flame of fire, is in all capital letters. We know that it's a quote from the Old Testament. That's what the New King James Version does. So does the New American Standard. Now this phrase, who makes his angels spirits and his minister is a flame of fire, comes from Psalm 104. Let's read the first six verses of that psalm. Bless the Lord, O my soul. O Lord my God, you are very great. You are clothed with honor and majesty, who cover yourself with light as with a garment, who stretch out the heavens like a curtain. He lays the beams of his upper chambers in the waters who makes the clouds his chariot, who walks on the wings of the wind, who makes his angels spirits, his ministers a flame of fire. You who laid the foundations of the earth so that it should not be moved forever, you covered it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains." How do we interpret this, folks? Now, remember that beginning with Hebrews 1 verse 4, all the way through Hebrews 1 8, 
which we haven't gotten to quite yet, we are seeing a comparison between Jesus and angels. Jesus, Yeshua, is different than the angels, and he is far superior. He is the one and only Son of God, the only begotten Son. What is Psalm 104 adding here? It is telling us how great the Lord is. And the writer is using the word Yahweh, or if you prefer, Adonai. This is without question God. yud vav in the Hebrew. The Tetragrammaton, or I Am. Could it be that the author of Hebrews, by drawing us to this psalm, is leading us to grasp that Jesus is equal to Yahweh? It seems to me that the answer is yes, definitely. Now you might say that the author has already done that. True, but he is perhaps doing it even more powerfully by referring us to God's proper name. And by doing that, he is equating Jesus, the Son, very strongly with God the Father. By the way, folks, this would be what we're talking about now, I think, be helpful to someone who follows the Jehovah's Witnesses faith. Okay, continuing on about I am. Jesus did this very thing himself, referring to himself as I am and equating himself to God. Let's read an example of that from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 58. Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And Hebrews 1.7 is also telling us that angels, as powerful and majestic as they are, are created beings, unlike Yeshua, who is Lord and who has always existed. But what about the Lord making his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire? Are angels and ministers the same here in Hebrews 1.7? I think that verses 13 and 14 from this very chapter that we are reading from now give us the answer. Let's read those two verses together. Hebrews 1, 13 and 14, in the New King James Version. But to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister from those who, for those who will inherit salvation? So yes, the ministers here are indeed, in verse 1-7, angels, and they are great. But Yeshua, who is equal to Yahweh, is greater. Folks, thank you for listening. I hope Hebrews 1-7 has inspired you 
and caused you to rejoice. But I have a question for each and every one of you. Do you know Jesus personally? Are you going to spend eternity in heaven with him? If you know him, you will. If you don't know him, or if you're not sure, please cry out to him today, even now. You can shout the words, or you can say them softly. He will hear either way. Ask him to forgive your sins, to make you a new creation, to be your Lord and Savior, and to give you peace with God now and forever. If you're sincere, folks, he will do that. God bless you, folks.